Please sit comfortably. Evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone online. Our first um, taste of cold, cold winter. That's probably been a brief talk tonight. Um, but one thing I was reflecting on the other day, which is re related to the precepts, but I'll I'll get to that. But there's a, in in psychology there's a, um, a a concept or a term which is called um, the drama triangle, and the drama triangle was coined by um, a doctor many years ago, like back in the 1950s, I think, and um, it became um, well recognised through a form of therapy called transactional analysis. And what it's referring to, you've probably heard of it, um, is um, a cycle, like a triangle of persecutor, victim, rescuer. And you see these patterns um, being played out in families a lot or in organisations. So the, 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 the person, it doesn't matter where it starts, but the, the persecutor is the person who's angry, blaming, laying down the law, etc., self-righteous, whatever it might be. And then you have the victim who's on the receiving end of that. And then you have the rescuer who wants to save the victim. But th this is seen as being a, a quite a, a negative cycle, you know, in each of them. So um, the, the victim in this sense, to be a victim, you know, and just get caught in the, the victim identity in this cycle all the time, it's like to never really take self-responsibility for one's own experience in the world. There's always someone to blame for it who's, who's persecuting you. And then for the persecutor, it's the person who's obviously caught in being in a, in a self-righteous kind of controlling position. And the rescuer, um, rescuing in the sense of um, enabling, uh, not, not in a positive way, but sort of just um, because they need to be needed you know, we use the term enabling in, in addiction, you know, people who um, are codependent and, and they're so needy themselves that they can't tolerate distress or boundaries or whatever and they just um, do it impulsively. And so if you have something like this happening in a, in a family, for instance, it's a negative cycle that goes nowhere. An example of it would be that, um, say, a, a father comes home from work and his wife, the mother of a child, is really frustrated with the child from their behaviour during the day and they're cross at them and, and making them do their homework and the child's dysregulated. And so the child's the victim, the mother is the persecutor and the father then comes in, oh, he's had a hard day at school, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't be so hard on him. You know? And so then undermines the, the mother's position in parenting and around and around it goes. Well, anyway, it, it occurred to me that um, you could use that same term of persecutor and victim and rescuer in in the way that um, in our in our culture these days that you see in the media and just through personal conversations with people um, that it seems like these days every it, people want to identify with being the victim. Well, they want to identify with being the rescuer, but no one wants to ever identify with being the persecutor. <laughs> yeah. And when we, 
because we, we all like to, it seems like we all want to um, identify with being nice and good and being on the side of being good. But it seems no one these days seems to really want to look at their dark side, you know, look at how they may be the, the actual perpetrator of, of harm. And my, my sense is, is that we all go in and out of these roles. Sometimes we're the victim, sometimes we're the persecutor, sometimes we're the rescuer. Uh, um, and um, when we take up the precepts in, in Buddhism, and Nancy Baker's book on this is a really good example in terms of spelling it out, is that when we take up the precepts, we're not just going in there to identify being a victim or being a rescuer. We're actually going in there to see how we're the persecutor. Uh, that's why in, in Nancy's book, you know, she puts it so explicitly, you, un- you, you, you seriously look at the precepts and reflect on, on them in your life and you look at how you're the killer, you know, and the stealer and the liar and the criticiser and how it goes on. The stingy person. So it's really by only looking into our dark side and being willing to acknowledge all of those different positions that we get into that we really dig deep into ethics, you know, that we really dig deep into the precepts. And if we if we if we're willing to go there and not just take on the precepts so that we're a nice middle class person, we really really take on that that other side of how we actually do harm Um, it's through that process of self-honesty that that the non-doing of goodness then starts to arise because there there is there is kind of conscious deliberate um, doing of good which is fine but there's also a goodness that arises which is not really self-conscious just in the same way that a, a bird knows how to fly, you know, or, or a fish knows how to swim. Um, there's a natural goodness that just can come out of being unselfconsciously non-calculating. And that, that, seems to, we, that seems to occur when we have done the work of acknowledging the harm we do. That's why it was so important that we, um, we have the... Um, the purification sutra at the beginning of our meeting just to remind us of that each time. It's only, what, only about half a year or more or so we've been actually put it in there. It's always been in the sutras, in our sutra chanting, but we now we put it in each time because I think it's so important that we, we remind ourselves that that's the way the, um, the precepts are practised. And of course, um, of course there is a a huge difference between um, looking at how you can be the perpetrator of harm and doing it in a very you, you, obviously there's a you could do that in a very destructive way towards yourself. We just make yourself feel guilty and shameful, and it's a downward spiral. It goes nowhere. But when it's done from the position of being non-judgmental, like just acknowledging that it's there. And when it's done with a sense of compassion towards yourself, that's what makes the difference. No, it's not just a beating, <coughs> beating yourself over the back with a with a stick at all. But it's just willing to look into that into that dark side of our experience and stay there. Um, 
um, that something humbling happens and something transformative happens and frees us up. So in our personal lives as well as our public lives, we can um, perhaps look at identifying being a persecutor as well as a victim and a, and, and a rescuer. Because that, that's very much a part of so-called woke culture now is to is to look at being a victim or being a rescuer, but the other side of it just seems to be lost. Always more words than I thought I'd have, but anyway. <laughs>